What's up, everyone? Hey, today is June 14th, 2018. My name is Mondo, and you are tuning in to episode 58 of Hungry Gaming Podcast. Before we begin, there is some housekeeping. Please remember to check out our main website, www.hungjurynetwork.com. There you can find all of our latest episodes, and you can subscribe to make sure you never miss a beat over the say. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and other affiliate podcast services by simply searching Hungry Gaming Podcast. If you have something to say, a comment or recommendation, join the jury by liking our Facebook page and tweeting us at Hung Jury Gaming Podcast. So today's conversation is going to be probably extensively long. I don't think that there's enough time in the world to talk about every single game, but we are going to discuss E3. So Justin, you're joining us as always. What's up? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? You ready? I this? am super Marathon pumped. So, yeah, we we actually <laughs> spent um, half a day with each other watching some of the conferences. That was a lot of fun. E3 is a beautiful time of the year. I mean, at least right now it is. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be pretty drained when it comes to the gaming news. But there's just so much to talk about, so much to look forward to. Um, it's, uh, it's the point of the year where I usually get a little too carried away, pre-order a few games that I'm probably not going to be, be able to really spend time on, but Hey, um, it's good to project into the future and, and hope that things will work out for the best. Isn't that the gamer's life though? It's spending money on games you wish you could play and then finding out you don't have enough money to play them or time. Or time. At yeah. least when you get older. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I remember those times when. Like during Christmas, my entire Christmas list was like video games and I played every single one of them. And I look back at that now and I'm like, man, the times, times are good. Yep. And I think that's the, good. that's the legitimate difference between TV and, and video games is you can, after a while, even with how much TV there is, be like, man, I really can't find anything within the genre I like, right? Whether it's comedy or, or action or drama, you're just like, ah, oh, that's it. I've watched everything that's good. That's kind of where I feel myself out right now, which is why I have to wait to like a really good HBO series to come out once every Sunday to watch something. But <laughs> you, you just can't feel that way with video games. It, no. If, if you're an RPG player, it's gotten to the point now where, yeah, you'll waste, uh, you know, uh, 200 or 300 hours into a Fallout or a Witcher or or something more recent like Persona. And then, oh, look, guess what? We have another 300-hour game coming out just around the corner and then another one after that. And now when you have games like Assassin's Creed uh, rebranding themselves as RPGs, it only makes the you know it more complicated and, and you have to deal with even more games out there. I think it's it's become a fight of the developers just trying to get everyone's attention, you know. Yes. So like before, it used to be let's make a good game, um, so that way, you know, that way we have people who play the game and enjoy it. But now I think there's just the the market is so saturated with titles that it's become a how developers are going to steal people's time or other developers' time, yes. you know? Because if you realize how many times, and let, let, I think we kind of like segue into EA which is the first conference. Uh, it was on Sunday. Uh, I think it was like four Eastern time. I think it was only probably like one Pacific time. And if you realize Anthem, which is probably the largest title that EA had to like kind of bring up, um, it's that's kind of like where it's going for. It's going for, yep. look, players, you can spend your time doing this. You can spend your time doing this. You don't spend time doing other things in other games because you're going to be spending time doing this in right. our game. And I, and I think that's kind of scary a little. 
It is. And they also want you to view it as a long-term investment, right? Because uh, games like Fortnite and, and Destiny preceding it have, I mean, Fortnite especially because it's free, but Destiny, it's the idea that you're going to spend $60 and this game's going to evolve with you and the rest of the players and that this is something you're going to be able to hold on to and play for a while. Yeah. I think what developers don't realize, though, is that while sometimes that does make sense and that does work, um, at the same time, there are a lot of gamers that are willing to dish out a full $60 at launch for a game that's going to be extremely streamlined, extremely refined, and and take you on a 20-hour adventure. Like, let's say the perfect example recently is God of War and, and The Last of Us. Um, games like that where, I mean... It, it's going to be more linear, right? Open world is is the trend now. It's uh, every game is open world, yeah. but it's fine that it's not. Take me on something that's more linear. Yeah, give me some some areas that are a little bit more open for me to explore and do do side quests stuff. Like that. That's cool as well, but it's it's uh, um, it's a loss for for the narrative and for um, for a really strong setting and strong characters that was concerning me before, but. After this E3, I've got to say, well, yes, you're right. There are a lot of developers that are still doing that. It seems like we have a lot of uh, developers that realize that, hey, we don't have to necessarily fall into this trend to make money. Um, and, you know, when October rolls around and Red Dead sells a bajillion copies, um, I think there'll be evidence that you don't have to do that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that, I think that for the most part, what we're getting right now is a mix of developers that, and this is just my own, my own perspective. The developers have quite frankly, no clue where to go. At least some of them are trying to kind of like figure out where their niche is. And uh, it's funny because this E3 was particularly that, you know, you've got these developers kind of like saying, we're trying something new this time. We're doing this new, this, this time. And you're just like, wow, you know, they have no clue where to go. Um, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that in the sense that that's how changing and evolving this industry has become, you know. And I think a lot of that has to do, and you mentioned Fortnite. Fortnite really set things off, you know. Like, I mean, nobody thought, at least, I mean, when it, I remember when the whole Battle Royale thing started, nobody thought that, you know, Fortnite was going to be a thing. And it's it's a thing. And I think developers are kind of reacting to that, you know. I mean, even Bethesda's online, you know, introduction to Fallout 76, we know that they had thoughts about that from before, but it's just interesting how developers are kind of like shifting their focus a little. And I'm glad that there are some titles that are remaining, you know, that are kind of avoiding the the industry shift. Um, let me do something um, just because I want to make sure that the audio is fine. Audience, you're aware of this, and I'm going to introduce you to this issue um i have two microphones and i think one of the microphones is picking up my voice over the other and that microphone doesn't sound good at all <laughs> you sound pretty good to me yeah i do i do um yeah this happened to me one time and i was so upset uh but i think it's been fixed so i'm 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 i'm, I'm pretty I sure i think you're right yeah I so think while you're working through that let, let's start going through each of the the conferences um, by all the different developers or publishing companies and let's talk a little bit about what we thought of each one absolutely and so we get we can start off with the one that was first in order mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of an underwhelming way I think to start off it was EA um, you know the big highlights from them were obviously 
Anthem, um, which is developed by BioWare. It's a company that's owned by EA. And then you all you also have your usual FIFA, Madden, um, your Battlefield 5 revealed. And speaking of Fortnite and its influence on uh, on games today, th- there was revealed that there will be a, some sort of Battle Royale mode in that game as well. So, yeah. um, I mean, I, look, it was... Like I said earlier, it was quite frankly, it was underwhelming. It, it just didn't seem like they cared much about the missteps that they've had in the past. We all know uh, what happened with the microtransaction debacle uh, with Star Wars Battlefront 2. So I found it really, really forced and um, awkward when the Battlefront 2 person came out there and said, hey, we're expanding it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know we've struggled in the past. Not even sorry, just I know we've struggled in the past and we had a bad start. But hey, it's going to be great now. And oh, on top of that, let's just walk up to someone in the crowd and ask them if a new Star Wars game is being made. Oh, that yes, it just, is. It's, yeah, that was just bad. Yeah, it's, that was bad. It's bad. It's called Jedi Fallen Order. We don't have a trailer for you. We don't have anything. We just wanted to shoo this in to make you feel like, hey, we're not screwing up Star Wars. And uh, ever since they've acquisitioned it, I don't think there can be any debate um, that they've done exactly that. The, you know, the, there's so much potential in that world, just like there is with the movies to, to, uh, because of how rich of a universe it is, how big it is to do so many different things. And what have we gotten as a result? Nothing. Absolutely I mean, nothing. I mean, look, it, it all comes down to the reveal was just absolute shit. I'm sorry. Like, don't you botched it. Okay. I do not, do not, do not throw away the franchise like that. I'm, I'm sure I don't, we don't, we have no clue where the game's heading. We know that, you know, they said it was between episode three and four, obviously for the most part, the name kind of gives that away. Um, but like you said, like you go and you go, you walk up to, to some dude sitting on a chair in the audience and you're like, Hey, so let's talk about, you know, let's talk about a, a pretty big title that a lot of people are really excited for. And, you know, just kind of give us details. I don't think a lot of people would have preferred that. I know a lot of um, news articles were talking about this and they were, they were saying that, there are other ways to go about releasing this. And for me, it kind of looked like a last, like a last ditch effort from EA to get uh, people hyped. Uh, right. It, it, under-hyped it, absolutely was. it underhyped me. It, 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 like, I, I, I was so like, I was looking at this and I was like, what is this really happening right now? Like this is happening. Yeah. And um, the biggest issue I had with it was that they, lack credibility to do something like that right so we'll get to this in a second but someone like bethesda who in the past yeah i mean yes they've had rough launches to their games and that's that's more because of the large scale of it but but they have a record a a trend of announcing games and backing them up right and and releasing those games either in a very short window or when they are released they're very refined they're usually critically acclaimed yeah. uh, um they're they live up to the expectations that they build for it. here you are after failing with two star wars games in a row after acquisitioning this the you know the title to those games that's the, the license that so many other developers would die for and after you failed, what you do is decide we're just going to throw out the name and tell you what the setting is just so that we can hype you up because we really have nothing else. You have no credibility yeah, to do was, that. No, no, absolutely not. It wasn't fair for the fan base. That's, it wasn't fair for p- 
people who are legitimately excited for the title. And I know there's always going to be those people who are like, we will, we'd rather get the information no matter what, you know, like we don't care if the guy was like burping it out at us. And I think, no, you know, like a developer and a publisher that cares about the title is going to take care and effort to, you know, to package it properly, make sure that it's, you know, put out in the right way. And I feel like it just wasn't fair for the fan base. I just didn't. It's think, an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. It felt like for me, you know, like when I think about it, I kind of think about it as like, you know, I, and by the way, I made a mistake. EA was on Saturday, not Sunday, but whatever. Um, so think about like Friday night, right? <laughs> EA, EA directors and officers are running around going, oh my God, you know, like we don't, we don't have enough, you know, content. What can we do? You know, and some guys like, hey, by the way, so I heard like the Jedi Fallen Order game has some stuff going on. You know, maybe we can tell the audience that, but we don't have a presentation. Just talk to the guy in the audience. Don't worry about it. You know, like at least get them out that way. And it just felt rushed. You know, like that, like in Super my mind, rushed. that's what I Super last second. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about the rest of the conference though? Okay. So for the rest of the conference, I, I, did, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was, it could have been worse. A lot of the, the titles released were not that impressive. Um, Anthem, for example, I wanted more from it, and I'm not really sure if I'm hyped for this game or not. A lot, a part of me is kind of like untrustworthy. They, I forgot what title it was. I'm trying to look through the list here, and I'm, I forgot what title it was. I think it was, I'm not sure it was Battlefield Five that they were touting as like not having microtransactions, but I, I don't know how true that is because my Battlefield has that stuff. But I remember that one of the they they sat the anthem people on a panel, right, and they were asking them questions, and then one of the questions was, "Will there be microtransactions?" You're EA for God's sakes, you're EA. When you get a, a question of microtransactions, you got to be careful because that's what you're best known for being competitive over. Like that's what that's what you that's what you're known for. Your anti uh, market practice, you know that that's that's what it is. And what, what did they tell us? Um, that there will be microtransactions in Anthem and that they'll be purely cosmetic. Seriously? Like, like really? Like, look, I don't Which know. Which is man. pretty much every developer's yeah. claim now. I mean, how many times did we hear that? There will be cosmetics, but purely cosmetic. Come on, man. Uh, excuse That's me. That's just... Purely microtransactions, but purely cosmetic. Honestly, yeah. the whole cosmetic argument is absolute bullcrap. There are a lot of players, me included, that go into games wanting to look bamf. If I'm allowed to use that term, I just, I know that I want to go in looking great. I want, I want my gear to look awesome. I want to stand out. I want to be the, you know, the, 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 the shining star of the lobby. And you're, then you're telling me you're locking a lot of that potential behind a paywall. That's part of the game for me. You know, like that's, I, I pay $60 plus DLC costs. And then I have to pay for a cosmetic item that will most likely not be available in game because most of these things are not available in game because if not, then either they, you know, we, 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 we'll talk about this more in depth. I want to create a topic for next week's discussion on, um, Fortnite, um, Fortnite and microtransactions done right and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, I don't think it was the way Anthem should have gone. I don't think EA played it right. Um, it was underwhelming, lackluster. There was not much excitement. Uh, let's talk about a, a, a happier moment. Unravel 2 was exciting. I actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it already came out, but I haven't touched it because I don't have time for it. But I'm looking forward to playing that game. So that 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 that, that, that excited me. 
I mean, the, the first one did well for them. Uh, I'm glad that they added co-op to it. I think that they may bring me in. Um, I mean, otherwise, it's though, really, yeah, it's, I it's mean, not you, a title you, you want to be known for, like being the, the flagship of your. Right. Of, yeah. Right. Yeah. You had Sea of Solitude as well, which is an extremely awkward presentation. Yeah. By the way, we haven't spoken on how bad the presenter um, of of the EA conference yeah. was. Let, let, it was god can, can we start with a with a disclaimer because I know that the gaming community gets a lot of hate for being anti uh, woman, anti female. Um, we have none of that here. This podcast is very inclusive. We do not uh, push anyone out. We I think that coming from somebody who even Betty who's a gamer like I've always been pushing I think gamer I think girl gamers should be more in there I, I think that it should be a very open space for anyone to join but god damn it that woman had no clue what she was talking about <laughs> like no and, and she was extremely awkward. Like that. I had no fucking clue what he was talking about it's just it has nothing to do with the gender she was just an awkward host just horrible absolutely horrible I mean the questions coming out of like it was just like I, I was like oh my god please just you know like just at this point I I was hoping that it would just been like just ask questions normal questions that were like copy copy and paste and just get get on with it but some of the awkward moments like the pauses and it seems to be a plague oh, it's, it's a gamer plague though right I mean it's it's, a, it's something that it is it is the video gamers game. can be extremely awkward for whatever reason and and you could tell that the audience was having none of it because admittedly they were extremely tough when the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver oh, came yeah, out no. for oh. for Madden, um, Juju Smith Schuster I mean look uh, I get it he was wearing some really weird yellow pants with some weird design on it he was being a little extra but you know the guy's going up there with energy he's there to have fun yeah but um, the, you could have given him a little the bit crowd was not having it dude I'm no at honestly, all I mean I don't want to look like I'm not gonna choose sides I've, I've obviously um I'm not defending PlayStation fanboys or PC fanboys or Xbox fanboys, but that's something that I saw very, very much in the EA. And I saw slightly like a tough crowd in the Microsoft one. Um, for some reason, it's just those crowds were really tough to please, man. Uh, very, yeah. very tough. Uh, and we're talking, well, I think when gamers good reveals too, you know, at least Microsoft yeah. had very yeah. good reveals. Um, and it wasn't until like the end of it that I really started seeing the, you know, feeling the crowd getting up, you know, yeah. but tough tough crowd. i think when gamers feel slighted they just it's it's very hard to gain them back and unless you have one of those you know drop your jaw to the to the ground moments yeah. it's very difficult to appease them i mean it may also help that um sony and and the other conferences were able to go after everyone was warmed up for a little bit so i i mean i'm not sure why see i that's the thing if it, if i went to the first conference i think i'd be more excited than the sixth oh, conference i went fun. to cuz you know, it's one. the first day yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but apparently it works the opposite way over there either that or microsoft is doing something wrong I no know. i don't look i think that and we'll talk about sony later because sony did do some fuck ups um throughout the 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 E3 conference that I think really actually uh, took away from Sony's victory because I th I thought the Sony conference was a victory for them and it, it really they didn't do they they did some mistakes after but um, I think EA just deserves it at this point <laughs> like I think EA should have oh, like, a conference I think people should just avoid going to it um, only because just the practice is very very aggressive it's anti consumer um, you know when you when you buy a game and you've got like 
a severe amount. I mean, Battlefront too. Come on, like it was just, it was just terrible. And, oh, and then the guy comes out. We fixed the issues. No, you never fixed anything. The game still has issues. You know, like it it upsets me when people are like, I mean, if it wasn't for the microtransactions, the game would have been good. Not really. Like, let me tell you, uh, I had my own reservations besides the microtransactions. The game itself, it's beautiful. If the game was good enough, it would have been, it would have made up for those deficiencies. Yeah, I think so. I think that, I mean, personally, maybe I, I think that Battlefront has kind of like gone away from its original, like from its original core uh, the whole idea. I mean, I remember playing Battlefront Two, the original one, the good one, um, and being able. Like I, I, we've spoken about this in in you know in, in in other settings, and it's just jumping into a tank, being able to go in with your friends, squad play. You know, almost like a battlefield style game. And they've just kind of gone away with all of that, and it's just it feels like a lonely world playing. You know, you're 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 solo. You can play with maybe another person, but there's really no squad support. You know, like you get into a ship, you're by yourself. Which they're finally yeah, adding like, that. It just doesn't that's what feel they like, like, like a, like a, no. it doesn't feel like a game that is supposed, that's it's completely online. It doesn't feel like a game that you're playing with people. It just feels like a game that you jump in by yourself and, you know, hope to God yep. that you get something good. Um, but you know what? We digress. If not, we're going to be here for like three hours. Uh, let's, let's jump. Well, if you had to give a quick grade to it before Ooh, we move well, on, what would, let's talk really quickly about Battlefield 5, just over the top. Okay. Battle, you know, I think, if there's any title that deserves some love, I think Battlefield Five takes the cake. Uh, we're gonna. I haven't. We're. I have not spoken about any of the sport games. I'm not a sport aficionado, so I don't play sport games on, you know, on electronic devices. But uh, if you actually, if there's any game here that we did not mention that you're very excited about, please leave it in the comments. Uh, I know we didn't talk about fi- uh, FIFA 19. We didn't talk about Madden. Um, actually, one little shout out for Madden awesome in having a um and including a disabled like you know you know how like the seahawks now have this guy i totally forgot his name yes uh madden actually took you know the the care of actually yeah, so he's missing one hand the the left hand or lack of it shaquem griffin yeah. i think his name is um, cool awesome on madden i'm really happy that that's you know that's something i think that a player if a player can do it right if they if they're awesome on the field regardless of any disability that they have um, and they and they can fulfill that part of the role, you know, you know, awesome. And I'm, well, I'm, the, I'm happy for that. This kid's a rookie, so we'll we don't know but if he's any what? good the yet. The fact but, that he just yeah. made it to the NFL with that disability itself, yeah, it's 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 definitely like that great. guy can do more with one hand than I can do with both my hands, and if I had four hands, you know, <laughs> like, without you know, a doubt. Like, and he's playing. He's playing with his brother yeah, too, which is pretty awesome. cool. Um, for Battlefield Five, uh, excited man! I think it's great. I'm a huge Battlefield guy. I think that Battlefield has been doing excellent. Um, they do have some microtransaction stuff, but it's for the most part pretty hidden behind the wall. Um, the game itself, I'm sure, is going to run great. Battlefield. I've never had any issues with optimization. Uh, Battlefield's just been one of those, you know, like Dice is just an awesome developer. Like I'm, I'm I don't want to give too much credit where, but it, it is due here. Uh, Dice has done a great job with the with the Battlefield franchise, and um, I'm excited. They have, you know, just excited. No, they they definitely deserve credit. I think at this point, the World War II settings a little um, overplayed, um, but so I'm more excited for the multiplayer, especially with the way that they brought back yeah. 
um, the physics from from the bad company yeah. games, which I used to love, just the ability to run over um, buildings with tanks and, and, and really change the battlefield through the use of explosives and firearms, I think mm-hmm. is cool. Uh, even if sometimes a little over the top, uh, it makes it, it more makes fun it that way, way to know fun. that you can't Absolutely just more fun. Yeah. You yeah. can't get behind a building and be safe. You're just not yeah. safe. I'm, and I'm with you that the world war two um, era is saturated in um, or has been saturated. Cause it's a little, you know, there, there, there are some games out there for world war two, especially with call of duty, WW two. Um, but I'm very excited to see battlefield fives take on it because battlefield one was remarkable. I mean, y- there are very few games that I give praise to when it comes to just getting down and dirty and holy hell, man, have you played battlefield one? Just it's like just jumping onto the dirt, seeing the dirt get onto your gun. Uh, the guns just spewing out like lead and it's like, you know, just smoke everywhere. It feels like a game where, um, people are not comfortable. (laughs) You know, it doesn't, yeah, it's very it visceral. Very, very involved. You feel like you're in the war. And I think that what we're where I forgot it was like Treyarch. I forgot who developed the COD game. I think it was Treyarch or Sledgehammer. I forget. Um, where WW2 failed, I think Battlefield 5 can make up. So we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. Okay. So C, C plus, I think for me. I'd have to, I'm going to give for, it a C minus, yeah. actually. Um, yeah. Wow. I felt. Not that I was expecting better than that, uh, but I just felt like, for the most part, uh, EA just doesn't give a shit. Like that's that, that was my take on yeah. it. Um, there was, they you don't. said it yourself. Uh, I think we were talking about that before. There was no there was no real apology to the gamers. There was no real, um, you know, we know we fucked up. Here's a free game, which we've seen from every developer out there. You know, like I think like this E3 was just like people like developers throwing candy at us. Um, I don't know how many times I sat through a conference and I was like, what game is coming out today? I'm going to download, you know? And, uh, yeah. and I think E3 just failed there. You know, they were just like, look, we're, we got, we got these titles. Enjoy it. Oh, by the way, there's this one game that's not coming out till your grandchildren. Uh, but we're just going <laughs> to tell you it's the name and we're so, we're so freaking arrogant about it that you're going to like it because we're telling you you're going to like it. And it's like, no, man, <laughs> you don't have that right. Not now. Now you don't, you don't, you don't have that privilege at this point. Um, so yeah, that, that, but on, on a positive note, I thought Microsoft's conference right after was surprisingly solid. Actually, I was expecting worse and I thought it was good. You don't, don't take my, the crowd was tough, uh, statement as it was a bad conference. Absolutely not. The crowd was just tough. (laughs) The crowd, the crowd was really tough. Like they were saying stuff and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And the crowd was like, "Eh." and I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, you got to get up and for, you got to get up for this. This is good stuff. Uh, yeah. You want to, yeah. And I think there, yeah, I, d- I do want to talk about it a little bit because I think there's a very interesting contrast between Microsoft and Sony's um, conferences that w- is a little bit different than it was in years past, right? So in years past, uh, especially after PlayStation sort of fell back in the console war race, um, after Xbox 360 t- took the lead for that one generation, it was always Sony focusing on the games, on the first party exclusives, on the um, or, or just the exclusive content they're going to have for certain games, on the games lineup that was going to re- be released. And Microsoft was criticized a lot 
for focusing on a, f- a handful of games while emphasizing more hardware or other projects that they'd be looking into. And I was completely behind that criticism because at the end of the day, while it's nice that the Xbox and the PS4 can do other things, the reason why the, the primary reason why so many of us purchase it is the games, right? So I love that their focus as opposed to Sony's, which is very demo and trailer um, heavy that, you know, really going in depth with those games and giving us a look at the gameplay. I, I'm glad that they took this approach and said, hey, look, we got a lot of games coming out. We got exclusives coming out. Um, you know, it, it's going to, if you own an Xbox over the next year, two years, it's going to be worth it. And here's the reasons why. Now, with that being said, the downside of doing something like that, of showing 50 games, that's what they showed, 50 games, I think 18 of them. I may be a little off on the number there, but I believe it was 50 games shown, about 18 of them were exclusives to the Xbox. The issue with that is you're literally showing 10-second, 15-second yeah, highlights. Montages. Um, for yeah, a lot of montages. Yeah, games. just montages of these games. So, you know, I, um, I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to see more uh, for – a lot of those games. For example, Dying Light 2 was one of the biggest surprises for me. Um, I thought that was absolutely awesome. Uh, we got, I wanted to see more after hearing so much over so many years about Crackdown 3. And yes, it's finally being released in February. <laughs> but again, yeah. it was just a, another quick look. Um, so, my, uh, I want to, if I had to grade it, I would give it a, a B, B plus. Um, because there wasn't really any jaw-dropping moments um, the way that I think Sony and Bethesda delivered, but it also gave me the security to say, and it's funny actually because um, the listeners don't know this, but just a few days ago after um, getting hyped up for the E3 and recognizing that they were dropping all the prices down $50 for the PS4 Pros, I finally said, you know what? That's it. I'm getting myself a PlayStation. No longer need to be on the bandwagon of one. I want to have access to all these games. So I purchased it, and uh, my significant other was actually giving me a lot of grief about it. You know, why do you need two consoles? It's pointless. Now you're going to have to try to decide um, which console you want, which game on the ones that aren't exclusive. Um, so I told her, you know what, listen, I'm going to watch this conference. And if this conference is as disappointing as some of the ones in the years past has been, and, and there's not really any incentive for me to keep it, then sure, I'll let go of it. But this conference was basically for me and for those other Xbox owners out there to say, hey, listen, don't give up on us. We've got a lot of st- cool stuff coming. Yeah, for a lot of it, you're going to have to wait. Yeah, we're not showing you a lot of it here, but it is coming. So what do you I think? I think Xbox is playing the long game here. Um, I think that yes. in the long run, Xbox might have an upper hand. Um, remember, Microsoft used to be the king of consoles um, before this generation. Um, this generation just kind of really, you know, the whole market. It, it all started when Microsoft did a poor business decision by doing the whole like, you have to have your Xbox connect to the internet to be able to play your physical games and this and that. And it really fucked up the momentum that Microsoft had with the new Xbox one that was coming out. Um, and then PlayStation took advantage yeah. of that with all the exclusives. And that's where Microsoft really started seeing the decline of the Xbox. Um, it doesn't really mean it's a bad system. It's a great system. I've always told you Xbox has great systems. The only problem is it's the titles. And I think that with E3 Microsoft, uh, showed a lot of good titles. Um, I was excited for a lot of what I saw. Uh, definitely was not expecting half of what I saw. Um, I have to agree with you, though. 
they need to focus on the titles. They got to focus on the titles and they need to focus on exclusive titles and they need to show the players what they're getting themselves into and they have to hype it up. Um, They just need to hype it up. And when you see a montage of like 50 games just compounding themselves by 10 seconds, you're not getting titles. You're not showing people what they can play. You're showing them the amount of things they can play. And I just don't know if that resonated with me. I remember I was seeing the the montage and I was like, this is really cool. But there are some games that I saw, there were like about 10 games out of there that I was like, wait, stop, show me more. And, uh, you know, I didn't get that. Um, instead, we got a, a, a good games. I don't think that, you know, they were really fleshed out enough for me to be that involved. Um, if I hate to say it, but I feel like Microsoft's strongest point of the conference was unfortunately... Maybe some people will say, fortunately, at the end of it. I think the Microsoft ended it on the best note they could. Um, so whatever, wherever they they were not strong on throughout the conference, just you know, not showing enough detail for games, not showing enough gameplay, not showing enough, um, you know, uh, just you know, superficial trailers. The last trailer, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and the whole the, oh. the way they introduced it. You know, like they're, 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 they seem Sick. like they're closing the conference. It's over, guys. We're done. You know, thank you for joining us. And then suddenly out of nowhere, there's just, you know, a security glitch and somebody's typing in a DOS menu, you know, like, you know, CD. And then you're like, oh, I see this. I see where they're going. And uh, yeah, um, Cyberpunk 27. The only way it could have been better. No, I, 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 yeah. I think that that was excellent. That was no, the only way it could have been better if they actually showed gameplay from yeah, Cyberpunk. And they, and they have gameplay. Unfortunately, I have to say it. They have gameplay. Um, after the conference, people did go behind closed doors and played a what yep. they consider a, a small demo. Um, the small, the, the 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 little we know of the game, besides what we saw in the trailer, um, it's going to be first person. So it's not going to be third person like The Witcher. There is vehicles. Um, uh, there is customization, which I think it's like more like preliminary customization so like you know how like in the witcher um you can obviously customize uh was it gerald i always got his name wrong um gerald gerald i always pronounce it i always butcher it i don't know why don't don't ask me why just always yeah you have to do gerald 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 does not sound nearly as intimidating you know like it's just one of those like (laughs) like office guys who you know walks in hey did you get the memo um you can't obviously make customizations to him you know, it's just his gear and all that stuff. Obviously, you can like shave the hair and all that stuff, like you know, the face. But in this one, supposedly there's like you know preliminary customization. That's cool. I'm excited. I'm that's yes. probably you can actually the, customize your background as well. I don't know that there, there's just not enough. Yeah, you can. Can you? Yeah, you can. They've already um, announced that you can customize your background as mm. well. They announced that your character's name, whether it's female that or is male, true. That is, true. is is V is V. So just the letter V. V. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I'm pretty excited about it. Like you said, it's a first person shooter, um, but it's supposed to maintain all the RPG elements that they're well known for. You have stats, you level up, um, you have different characters that are higher and lower level than you. So there are characters that, you know, you can fight right when the game starts and then there are other ones that'll just wipe you off the map if you try to mess with them. And there's a stat that's called cool. <laughs> C O O L. This is literally how cool you are. And they said it's not just, um, it's not like the equivalent of charisma in this game. It's more 
how much street cred you have. That is so cool. Because the more that is yeah, so the more cool. street cred you have, the more respect you have. Um, you might get into situations that you would normally have a gun pointed in your face right off the start, and you won't because you're so cool. Yeah. And and there's there's obviously I from what I've saw and obviously from what we've seen in prior games like titles like The Witcher, there's going to be options and those options are going to influence the way things move along. It's not just, you know, like yes. a linear story. Like there's there's gonna be options nope. and choices that you have to make and depending on those choices, it'll affect the way either, you know, the way the game plays back to you. Like you said, if you're cool, things might not go, you know not your way. They'll go your way sometimes, you know, because that's just the influence you have. Um, yep. that game, that game, Cyberpunk 2077 for me was the redeeming, the redeeming title for Microsoft. Um, I remember sitting there, they were closing up and I was like, if they do not do something like right now, I think the conference for me would have been not a bust, but it would have been disappointing. And for when they releasing that it was perfect timing. Uh, it was great. Um, Yeah. I also think that the acquisition of their five new game studios, oh, the Initiative, yeah. Ninja Theory, Undead Labs, Compulsion Games, and Playground Games. Um, Compulsion Games are, are the ones who are making the We Happy Few game. Um, Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice yeah. uh, was Ninja Theory. Uh, they've also done Enslaved, Odyssey of the West. So, uh, And then Undead Labs, obviously, is State of Decay and State of Decay 2 that just was released. So the fact that they're they're getting these these developers who have shown promise through the, through these good indie games and saying, you know what, you guys are going to work for us. Um, hopefully, they're well funded, so you can make games that are exclusive to our console. That's a good step um, in in the direction moving forward to convince gamers. Even though I think we're sort of veering towards the end part of uh of this console generation like you said it is all setting it up for the future so now you know all five of these companies can start working for whatever the next xbox will be so that when that console launches as opposed to when the xbox uh, one did you'll actually have stuff right off the bat that you can say look let's point to our lineup right at launch and here are 10 exclusive games like sony has been able to do for the last couple of years and that's where that's where Xbox needs to go. That's where Microsoft needs to go. It's the titles, and in in acquiring these developers, I think that that's where their that's where their their mind is right now. Uh, make titles that are going to boost the Xbox, boost the micro boost Microsoft's uh, market share in the console industry. Because really, that's that's what it all boils down to: is how many Xbox consoles are selling versus how many Sony consoles are selling. And that's really the dichotomy. I think you know it's between Xbox and Microsoft. Uh, anybody who wants to include the Switch in there, I don't think it's a fair game. Um, and we'll talk about that a little in the Sony part because I think that that's where there's a little bit of a um, you know some argument there to be had. But I think Microsoft is going the right direction, and that is they're focusing on the titles. It's the titles. They're focusing on them. Where the conference for me failed, whereas that was that they didn't focus too much on good titles because they have good titles. They didn't focus too much. Then just kind of like, kind of like they had too many to show, so they just kind of went on a superficial yep. level, you know. And if had they kind of di- you know dive deeper a little onto all, in, into some of them, I think that it would have been slightly better. And there, are, if anybody says, oh, but they don't have you know all the time in the world to do it. I totally agree, but they did kind of kill some time doing stuff that I really didn't think was necessary. Um, 
they showed the whole like um gaming service that they're coming out with you know like and i was like okay you could have said it you didn't have to like really you know spend like 20 minutes talking about it like, i get it's money in the bank for you you're trying to get people hyped up over the, the service but it's the titles you got to focus on right now the titles that, that that's the formula right now focus on the titles the titles will get your console where it needs to go if it's if the titles are good the console will follow um and obviously we know who we know who set the formula there and i'm not really gonna say playstation i think switch really showed that formula to be true because the switch has nothing going for it like really it's like a, it looks like a child's toy um it looks cool it handles well but it's the titles that pushed it um so yeah that's that uh do you want to do you want to really quickly bring up the fact that there's there's like a next console. Yeah, coming? I mean that's kind not. Of, sort of. It's not surprising at all. It's funny because early on in the in this console generation, we had people telling us that this was going to be the last, right? That they were just continue to update and update the hardware. Yeah, and I software. heard that too. I'm it's like, BS. Yeah, I mean, it, if they can continue to sell new consoles for three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars and make a huge profit off of that, um, why wouldn't they? Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not necessarily even that. It's and it, that that is a huge factor. But it's the fact is what they're what they're proposing. You know, having like this modular console where just yeah. you're upgrading it sounds an awfully familiar. Like a sounds PC. awfully familiar to a you know a, a PC. I mean, like at this point, I would be like, guys, you're getting swindled. <laughs> like, listen, we know getting we're swindled. getting like, swindled, Mondo. We just choose to. I'm just saying, if you're spending money on upgradability and modularity you know just get a pc like you're talking proprietary you know proprietary hardware for upgrading a proprietary console to standard industry hardware that you can just you know buy whichever cheap one on ebay and it'll still kind of work you know on your pc um so i i never bought into that and i i I agree with you it's absolute bullshit um they're gonna they're gonna sell new consoles because first of all modularity is not going to sell well. People are going to go to PC. Um, and second, we've already seen that people are hungry for more, um, you know, more, more performance. Uh, a lot of developers are coming out with games that, you know, are pretty much pushing the limits of this current gen. This current gen was never really overpowered, by the way. Um, ever since it came out, like even ever since Xbox One came out and PlayStation 4 came out, everyone's been saying, you know, wow, you know, some of the performance in here is not really that exciting you know like the, the 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 playstation 4 came out people were like wow it's you know the specs aren't really that that great you know like they're not like next gen and that was when it came out the pro came out the xbox one x came out the xbox one x is tantamount to pc performance um suddenly you know we lose our entire pc audience <laughs> um <laughs> like how dare you compare the x with the pc um but it, no it, it is it's got you know it, it's got performance i think it, you know it equates like a 1070 probably probably maybe like an i7 i'm not sure uh, i'm going to that but what i am saying is there needs to be a next console you cannot proceed to the next generation with with the current consoles that we have right now it just it, it is, it's not the, the hardware you is not you're there, right it, it, you it would be unrealistic um, to expect it but i think it's not really a cause of concern for those who are too cheap like me, you know, just on a fundamental level to, no, to um, who have just bought something recently. Cause the truth is just like the previous generation, even if they were to switch next year or the year after, it's going to be a transitionary period of one to two years where they will continue. Developers will continue to release games on both consoles. 
Um, so it's, it's it shouldn't be a big big yeah, issue. And, and- and we're really not sure. This is Xbox side. We're really not sure where Sony's heading. Um, we would assume that Sony is going to focus on also uh, releasing a next gen console sometime. We we've been hearing this these uh these rumors for about a few months now. Sony's uh president came out saying you know like oh you know we're we're working on a new console. Uh, we don't expect these consoles to last more than like six seven years. Blah blah. It's not. So yeah, we're looking at about 2019, 2020, maybe twenty twenty. They should skip uh, PS five by the way. You just go to PS6. <laughs> just like uh, yeah, PS6. Do what uh, do do what Apple did. They're like ah, iPhone nine. Nah, we're gonna do iPhone eight That's and it. iPhone ten That's at the it. That's same how you roll. time. PS6. Yeah. So 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 what we're gonna do is we're gonna see a PlayStation six and a PlayStation and, ten. And, and to troll pl- Xbox, don't call it a PlayStation ten. Call it a PSX. PSX. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that would, that would have been really all funny. right so if that you had to really grade funny. microsoft um, what would you grade it you know what if i had to grade it, i would definitely okay. give it a b a all solid right. b just right down the middle um i think that i would have given it a b plus had it focused a little more on the titles um i'm not giving it an a minus because i think that they have they need to they need to really hound the titles yeah. more you know they it felt a little developy um a little you know selling services and stuff like that but you know what definitely a b and it's i was ready to give it a c so i'm i'm i think well, that let's was a talk about my favorite uh conference of the entire oh yeah e3 and that's these are the reason why i couldn't give microsoft better grades because then i wouldn't be able to give yeah, bethesda yeah. a higher grade you know like, like bethesda, bethesda gets an a yeah. for me um that's the highest grade i have for any of the conferences it was just you can't give it an no, a plus no plus a. You can't give I didn't give a anyone plus an A plus plus because there was really no one that had like this was the closest. A plus plus would be like yeah, A plus plus would be like Bethesda coming out and saying we yeah. have Skyrim, uh, we have uh, Elder Scrolls right Six now. out right now. Oh, forget we it. have Fallout seventy six out right now. We've got this new Starfield shit that we don't even know right what it's about. Now. Out. Guess what? Right now it actually came out yesterday, but, <laughs> but here's the thing: of it. if any of that happened, I wouldn't be talking to you here right now. So, <laughs> oh no. We, Podcast, podcast. We have no time for a podcast. We we have to finish about two thousand hours That's worth it. of gaming. Bar prep, Forget don't that. Bar prep. You know what? The bar can wait. We'll take the bar next. We'll take the bar in twenty twenty. I'll just live at home for another year. My parents <laughs> yeah. certainly won't care. Yeah, why not? No, but Bethesda. <laughs> yes, Bethesda. in all due seriousness, though, they were. I mean, you cannot ask a game developer to care for the gamers as much as they do while also providing so much variety uh, and substance with with all the their different franchises titles and the different genres that they touch in right so we have rage 2 did anyone really ask for that no not really but hey cool uh nope. you know it's it's a more um photorealistic borderlands i'm cool with that it looks fun elder scrolls legends i don't think it I don't think we asked for half. We didn't. Of we that didn't. Conference. But I love it. Like half of that conference was just them being like, "By the way, we've yeah. all done ourselves." It was here's beautiful. A little, here's, here's, a, here's a little bit more. We candy don't for you. deserve them. Oh, it's the truth. Crazy. <laughs> no, but uh, we don't. In fact, if you if you realize, because uh, the audience here, we have a list of all the games, and you know we've kind of made mentions of which are the ones that we want to talk about. Bethesda is yep. all highlighted. Like it's just. All of it highlighted because there's so much yep. good stuff that came out of the Bethesda yep. conference. 
It's just, I mean, it's they literally a- on their own. If you're if you're a Bethesda fan like I am, which I'm a huge one, I even have a bunch of Bethesda collectibles in my room. Um, I mean, you really don't even have to venture off into anything else, and you'd be occupied all year. I mean, look at this: you have Rage Two, you got Fallout seventy six coming out this year, you have a Skyrim very special edition that you can play right now, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so. Which, uh, yeah. you know what, we might as well talk about it, Will. <laughs> By the way, I think that their sense of humor is exactly what was what is more the perfect example of what was needed from EA, right? EA should have been a straight-up apology, and after you give us that apology, throw make fun of yourself. Yeah, yeah. make fun of yourself. Put, give us free games exactly. and fun stuff. Free games, free fun, games stuff, fun stuff, make fun of yourself. The fact that... Um, Todd Howard not only had the idea to, because it was his idea, he said this in an interview, to create this very special edition of Skyrim, but then to also make it actually legit so you could go home and actually. Yes. And by the way, for the listeners who have no idea what this means, just ask Alexa to play um, Skyrim with you. You would be shocked. And the fact that I just said her name right now and she didn't go off in my own room is shocking in and of itself. So that's good news. Um, so yeah, yeah it, it was a combination of all that, some DLC for prey again, like you said, available right now, as soon as they said it and, and for completely right free, yeah. a Wolfenstein two expansion. I'm loving it. But then, you know, to, to go anti Bethesda, what they've done the last couple of days and say, you know what? We love you guys so much that despite not really being able to show you anything, we're just going to leave out of here by throwing at you Starfield and Elder Scrolls six. Uh, there does not, there's not a bigger drop the mic moment than that. W- it was other than no. you saying, no. yeah. and then to have, and then to have the Almighty God yes. Todd Howard, because <laughs> I'm not know if you follow, but the memes now they've they've the Todd Howard has become like the you know the internet god for like the week. You know, you know how yeah. like they always switch it up. You know, um, to have him come out and just like give us like this like monumental presentation because that guy can present that guy is like the epitome of like video game yes. pres- you know presenters and he just goes out there and he's like all right guys by the way the leather jacket is actually for sale like the leather jacket that he wore people are yep. looking it up online to find out where they can find it i'm not i'm not even kidding true story um <laughs> to, for he just went out there and it's funny because like you know how like people are people learn by being conditioned I think people love him because every time he comes out, he's always going to do something incredible. You know, he's going to say something incredible. He's going to say something like, you know, like, Hey guys, you know, everyone here gets a freaking (sighs) airplane for free. You know, like, so when he comes out, everyone's like waiting, you know, like, like a hungry dog. He actually did not come out last year for that exact reason. Because he knew. Exactly. Because there's just, he only comes out. I mean, so it's strategic. So when you see him up there. For sure. Yeah, but so oh, yeah. what did you think? Um, let's talk specifically about Fallout seventy six. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, we can take yeah. we can take some items off here because there's there's yeah, let, we can talk about. So let's talk about Fallout seventy six uh, because 76. that's the game that's most um, that's going to be most recent. It comes out on November fourteenth of this year. So what did you think about? Let's let, let's actually let's okay. stop right there. Let, let let's just talk about that one point. Yeah. for now, it comes out. November 14th, 2018. And they announced it, what, June 13th, June 12th, I think? So basically five months. June 11th, five months. They did this with Fallout 4. And I I am so grateful for them doing... 
this is what this is anti-consumer torture. Yes. <laughs> you know, having these trailers come out years in advance and you're just sitting there waiting and you're looking at things and they're making changes. That's not good. You're creating a, you're creating an overhype. You're creating a, a group of individuals who are going to expect the next big thing when it may not be remember, the next big thing. And then here you have, but now saying, yeah. And then here you have Bethesda. Remember that yeah. when we talk about Sony in a few minutes, cause I have one game to talk to you yes. about that. I think is the classic example of that, but continue. Well, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. I'm excited. For, I'm excited for that conversation. Um, with this said, Bethesda comes out and we've only been, start, well, we've heard rumors about this for like what the past, what month, maybe like, you know, like, of like the actual title of the game and like where it might be heading, you know, that the trailer got released. So they really kept this under wrap. They didn't start, you know, they could have touted this last E3. They could have last E3 been like, Hey, by the way, we have a new fallout game work yep. in the works. They really did it. They, they kept it all quiet. And then now we have E3 2018 and they're like, by the way, this game, it's not coming out next year. It's not coming out the year after that. It's coming out this year. That's insane. That's fantastic. It, 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 it removes a lot of that like, you know, we're going to watch a trailer and don't really care about it because it's not coming out for another like two years. So we'll see more of it later. No, no, no. This is it. Like we're getting not only an announcement, we're getting a premiere and we're getting a date that's within, you know, you know, reasonable distance from incredible, which I think is great. It's great. And would you want to talk more about the actual game? Because I know you are a full fallout. Yes. yes. So we talked two weeks ago about this and I was telling you about how concerned I was that they were just trying to cram multiplayer into a fallout game. And it seems to be the complete opposite. And I am so happy. And honestly, I don't know why, I doubted that Bethesda would uh, would do this the right way. So they knew that they were not uh, proficient in anything multiplayer related because they literally, as a development team, had never done anything before. So they got the people who worked on Elder Scrolls Online, Zenimax, to come over and to help them. And they reconfigured their entire Fallout 4 engine um, to make it so that, I mean, first off, it's, it's uh, able to show... F- what, what was it he said? I think he said 16 times the amount of detail that Fallout 4 was, which is incredible in and of itself. But also, they, they made it so that you can have a server with dozens of other players on it. And mind you, when uh, those dozens of people are the only people on the map, the only um, humans on the map at least, because you're, you're being released yeah at the exact time when all the vaults are opening. So there are no other humans. You are literally, um, yeah, the, the only other, the only other kind of like pseudo fake quasi humans are exactly. The scorched, yes. I think they're referring uh, to which, are, which are really goals, just like advanced yeah, goals. Yeah, exactly. Really. So, yeah. So I love yeah. the idea of, um, it, it just makes sense too in the setting. Cause at first a lot of us were very curious as to why, um, you know, you would, do it so far before when so much has happened and why set it in West Virginia. But this is great because you really get to become either the first um, settlers or the first raiders or the first merchants. And I love the flexibility that that allows. And it gives you the opportunity to create monsters that are even more radiated and more screwed up and, and bigger than the ones that we've seen hundreds of years later when the radiation is dying down. So, um, I just think the pre- 
I loved I loved that that explanation. Like when he when they yes. explained it, how the, that the creatures are going to be more exaggerated, more mutated, more fucked up. It's because the bombs just yep. dropped the radiation that, you know, they refer to the half-life, you know, like how the half-life degrades as yep. time goes by the half, you know, like right now the radiation's heavy. So you're going to get things that may not survive 10 years from now, but, but they're surviving now because they're alive. So yeah, I, I, I just have to, you know, throw my no, it's, it's absolutely true. It, it just, the setting makes perfect sense for what they're trying to accomplish. And I love that they recognize that their fans would be anxious. So the first thing Todd Howard says, listen, I know you guys have a thousand questions and we're going to address them one by one. And he just, I mean, obviously he didn't have time to do that. It was only a 20 minute presentation, but you know, with him, it's going to happen uh, over the next couple of months. We will learn exactly how this game is going to work. Um, and I'm sure that he's talked about how he's still balancing the PVP player versus player and PVE player versus environment, how, the, how that's going to balance out. But the one um, term that I, I'm not sure if they invented it because I'd never heard it before that he continues to use and the team continues to use is we don't want this to be a game where there's a lot of grief, where there's a lot of griefing going along, going around. And what he means by that is he doesn't want those players who are going to come in. And while I'm trying to have uh, my single player or uh, experience or an experience with one of my friends and I'm running around, you know, uh, uh, trying to do a quest, have some guy shoot a rocket at me, kill both of us. And now I lost all my stuff. And then once I respond, the guy follows me across the map and does it again. He says that those are the exact types of things that he's trying to avoid. So they're building a system right now where they're going to reward you for that type of PVP content if you choose to, but also give people the flexibility if they've had enough of it. Um, because I'll be honest with you, I, I suck at multiplayer games, and Fallout certainly isn't a very sharp shooter. So uh, it's it's very you know at least Fallout Four was, um, and the other Fallout games. I think this one looks a little bit more refined, but it's not it's not as smooth as other first person shooters. Are. It's a little clunky. So I know I'm probably gonna suck at it at least playing against other players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean I'm being honest. So no, it, I'm with you though. It, it, it is, is a little clunky, clunky, but I think that that's a charm of the game. It is. You know? like it's, it's, it's all not, the weapons you yeah. can use and the violence and dismembering people. Um, it, it, that's what's fun about it. So the fact that they're they're giving you the freedom to say, you know what, fine, you beat me, um, you can't do any more of that. That that's um, that's pretty awesome. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 with you. I think that in a in a lore setting. Excuse me. In a lore setting, I think that they are the fact that you are going to be the first humans going out there and getting out of the vault, which, by the way, is cool because this is actually the one of the few vaults that's actually a true vault. Um, <laughs> I think they they made reference to that where this is actually a a an actual generational vault. You know, because like if you really think about it, in the other games, the vaults have always had like some sort of side experiment going on with them. You know, like they, they were never really like a true, you know, generational vault. They had something behind them, something lurking, something dark or mysterious behind them. This is actually a true vault. You know, this is like, they literally did it on purpose to keep people safe and to then have them restore humanity after the bombs dropped. Um, and I think that that's so fascinating because like, for me, that's, this is probably where Fallout's going to hit me the hardest. Um, Fallout 4 was a little too, not lonely, I mean, it was lonely, but I, I understood that was part of the game. Um, but for some reason, I don't know. It just felt like very like 
like I, like I had jumped into a world that already existed, you know, like people had already known what was going on. And, and, I, and I was, I was kind of like trying to learn the ropes here. I feel like you're almost making the ropes, you know, like you are the first to go out there, you know, anything that you experience, you're the first, you know, non scorched human to experience it. And I think that's really cool. Also on another, on another note, I really like the fact that they're kind of like, I don't know how to like say like, you know, like kind of like in, in including like folklore from Vir- uh, what's this, what's this, is it West Virginia? Yeah. West Virginia. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're including the folklore from the area. You know, I think one of them was like the Mothman. I was like, Oh my God. Holy shit, bro. If they, if they find a way of putting the Mothman in there, but like a mutated, they Mothman, are, they, they've already oh, confirmed really it. Cool. They just don't want to release too many that details so- on it. Yeah, that is so cool. Like that's something that for me, uh, they're including. Or they've made reference to President's Bunker, um, which you know is going to be fun. I'm also kind of excited for the whole End Game thing, where like people are running around trying to get the nuclear bombs. Who doesn't uh, like to? That's kind of cool. I, I don't. Not really sure how that's going to play out. Like, I'm not really sure how like that's really going to play out because it's one thing of what Bethesda wants us to do, right? And then you know how the internet, the, the online community is just going to figure out other things to do they'll probably break the game within a week or so you know just trying to figure out what to do with these nuclear bombs so i'm excited to see what the community comes up with there. me too me too um yeah i'm excited and the fact is november 14th is such around the corner that like there's really not much time to speculate because by the time november 14th comes around we're, i'm sure we're going to see more and more and more come out um so i'm excited and to top it all off the icing on the cake we know we will be getting a science fiction RPG from the greatest or one of the greatest RPG developers of all time within the next couple of years. And that in and of itself is just, wow. I know. And we have no clue what it's about. <laughs> like nothing. Like this might be kind of like the the anti-Bethesda thing for them to do. You know, like we, we've been hailing them for, you know, for keeping their releases announcements and all that stuff to relatively close to the release. Um, in this one, I'm kind of like, you know, like half and half. I'm super excited that they, that they, they are working on a science fiction. Cause like they really, I mean, fallout, fallout, the fallout franchise was really the only touch that they had towards any sort of science fiction. Um, and then obviously those scrolls is more fantasy. So, but this one's like space sci-fi, which for me is like, that's my core, you know, like space sci-fi is where I go. So this is very, very exciting. This is very, very exciting. And, um, I'm, I think there's like rumors that Starfield might not be the current gen and we're we're probably looking at next gen availability. So So where are you in terms of the grade with Bethesda before we move on? Oh, uh, a very nice. I was, I was fangirling the whole time. I was right next to you. So I I was sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then uh, just a small little, you know, like tidbit. Um, the um, the little El- the Elder Scrolls game that they're releasing on the iPhone looks really exciting. Um, it's stupid, it's dumb, but it's free. So I'm like, whatever. I mean, there's no monetary investment into it. If it sucks, it sucks, but it was free. And then Fallout Shelter got released on PlayStation 4 and Switch. And let me tell you, I, I downloaded it on the Switch. It runs great. I have it on my phone. I'd rather play it on my phone because I don't want to jug around my Switch just for that. If I can play it on my phone, it, it runs well on a touchscreen. So like, even though Switch has a touchscreen, it just makes sense to just use a touchscreen on my phone. 
Um, but on the PlayStation four, it actually looks fantastic. Um, it looks so good that like I might actually just create a vault on the PlayStation four, just for the hell of it. Um, Justin, I know you don't play fallout shelter. I highly recommend you at least download it and try it out. Um, it's like the best way for me to explain the game. It's like, like the colonies in fallout four, right. But it's a vault. Right. So you, you know, you create your little people, you know, and you make, you make rooms for them and you have to like follow resources, it's a resource management, but then you have like attacks on the vault. You have to defend it. You have to make, make sure that every little human, you follow every little human too. It's not like, you know, there's every little human has like, you know, RPG elements to, you know, that you could put armor on them and weapons. It's very, very fascinating, very involved. Um, I highly recommend any fallout fan needs to play this game at least once. If you don't like it, after, I will. Fine. I'll but try it out. At least, but but as of the moment, yeah. I do have a pretty strict one game policy for myself because I refuse <sighs> to stop buying games and not beating them. So responsible. He's so no. responsible, and here I am, like trying to figure out what ten games I can play at the same time. You know, <laughs> like you know. But I I I I, 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 I admire that uh, the tenacity and the will to just stick to one game. It's The Witcher, right? Like that's the one yes. you're focusing on? Well, unfortunately, yes. Sony's conference is making it so that I have no choice but to play multiple games um, in the next couple of months moving forward. Yeah, you want you want to you want to jump into yes, that one? Yes, please. You want Well, we we actually so we we, we before we go cuz we got like I'm looking here and I want to make sure that we stay on track. Right now we're going on in order. So anyone who's following our, our conversation, we're technically trying to keep the pace of how the conferences came out. We're trying, we're trying, we're doing our best. Um, really quickly, uh, Square Enix, uh, just, you know, the Kingdom Hearts 3, that was really cool. Um, any fan of Kingdom Hearts, definitely touch that. Um, then we, this is a personal thing. I don't think, Justin, I don't think you're really involved in this one because this is this one's more of like a Switch game. I know it's, it's available on other platforms, but I played it on the Switch and it was really cool. Octopath Traveler is so good. Um, if you have a switch, definitely recommend at least trying it out. Hopefully the demo gets released for free. That would be really cool. I played the alpha model back like in December, November, and I was distraught when I finished it and it was like not releasing for like to be announced. I was like, what are you serious? You know? So Octopod Traveler is definitely one to keep. I think they're going to have a playable demo like in June, like late June. Like, so it's coming up. Um, just cause four super awesome. Like, you know, I mean, anybody who's played Just Cause 3, it's pretty much Just Cause 4. But probably, I, I'm, I'm assuming there's more testosterone in this one because there's a tornado now. <laughs> you, they added the tornado just 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 for good measure, you know? Um, and then, obviously, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. There, there's just there's no missing that. No, that, so, that looks like I mean, to be the end of the Tomb Raider trilogy, the, at least the one that they have going on right now. And although you do some pretty crazy stuff on the last two games, uh, Square Enix is claiming that this is the definitive moment where she becomes the Tomb Raider. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it was super. I'm excited. Hopefully, the dual wielding pistols come. Uh, for Ubisoft, really quickly, just two seconds. Beyond Good and Evil looks amazing. I'm super excited. Uh, that'll be released 2019, hopefully. Then we have the Division 2. I mean, what can we say? I The Division 1 was okay, uh, but we're looking at Division 2. I'm hopefully going to have a standalone episode on that because I really liked Division 1, but I didn't play too much of it. It was kind of broken eventually. Um, they did fix this, so I want to create an episode on that. March 15th, 2019. And then Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, 
pretty much Spartan Assassin. I mean, exciting. October 5th, 2018. So that was Ubisoft's um, Star Citizen. Anybody who's following Star Citizen uh, in the PC gaming show, they refer to it as 2. It's not 2. It's 3.2. Uh, it's, it's, it's Right now, it's in PTU. Um, anybody who's a subscription subscriber can get access to it eventually. Ah, and then Sony. So really quickly, I know that we're running a little bit low on time and I want to just kind of like, you know, just nail it right now. Sony, my God, Justin, this game, this, this, this conference was excellent. Yes. Um, a minus for me. Not because I'm a Sony fanboy, because I, I definitely think a minus is the appropriate grade. Oh, look a- at that. Exactly That's a, we almost agree on everything except for you giving me yeah, a, I think, no, no, I was, I was going to give it an a minus because if I gave Microsoft a B, this because I gave Sony an A minus and Bethesda an A, you know, a, I would have given a Sony, Sony at a B plus, but they showed me Ghost of Tsushima and that's what I wanted. <laughs> like that's, it was that like when they showed me Ghost of Tsushima, I was like, all right, all right, all right, fine. Yeah, you I think me. that, uh, that was the most impressive, um, IP that we, we saw all the entire E3. Very, very impressive. Yeah. Now, we were talking a little bit before about um, the difference between Microsoft and Sony's conference um, and, you know, how this one was showing a lot more gameplay. So here here was my only concern with it and the reason why I have an A-. Ghost of Tsushima, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry. Tsushima. Tsushima? Tsushima. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 ignore, I ignore the T. Did tea. you? Okay, perfect. Ghost of Tsushima. I ignore the T completely. Um, oh, Sushi. Perfect. Ghost of Sushi. Um, looks absolutely incredible. Um, so does Spider-Man. So does Last of Us. My only issue was how much of what we're watching is set up for the demos, right? Because some of it was so incredibly cinematic that I had no idea what part you were playing and what part you weren't, right? So let me give you an example. For for Spider-Man, um, you, we basically encounter the sinister stakes, which was cool um, when they were all breaking out of the raft. But how much of that, you know, because a lot of it was running around and Spider-Man interacting with other people. How much of that is quick, uh, quick uh, time events? How much of that is just you yeah. having the control removed from you? Um, it, I wasn't, it wasn't very clear. I mean, obviously the parts where you're fighting, you're in control there, but the other parts when you're chasing things around or dodging things, how much control do you have over that? Same thing with the last of us, the last of us, the last of us was a huge, huge offender of that. Um, and I was telling, I was watching it with, uh, Steph, my wife, and she was like, Oh, it looks great. I'm like, it looks good, but there's a lot of situational elements to this demo that I'm like. I don't really see, like, for example, she gets shot with an arrow and then she's like injured with yes. the arrow. And I'm like, is that going to happen every time you get shot by right. an arrow? Like, is, is this like a, you know, are you going to lose a yeah. limb or what's going to happen? Because there was a lot of things going Definitely. on that I was like, this is just, it seems conditional to the demo itself. Right. It absolutely does. And and obviously it's okay for the purpose of dramatic effect to have a demo planned out like that and to have things, to, to show the full extent to which, your game can create very dynamic and, and interesting situations. So I have no problem with, you know, the very dramatic, like, oh, I just ran out of bullets. And then she's got to run and hide under the car. And it, it's showing us a little bit of everything of, of just how cool of a survival game it is. But at the same time, yeah. like you said, things like when she gets pulled out of the car and she has one bullet left and she uses yes. the bullet to to shoot the person or 
when um, she's fighting inside the store and then one of the enemies throws her through a, a I don't know if it was a lamp or something that was on the yeah. side. How much of that is really going to be incorporated? It definitely in- seems like it seems like quick time yes. events. It seems like events that my, the only saving grace here that I see from that is whether maybe there are certain objects in the environment that are predetermined to be areas that if an enemy got close to you, they would throw you towards right. it. That would be cool. And then maybe if you're hiding under a vehicle or hiding under a shelf or something like that, the the enemies can then create like this event where they drag you out. That would be the only saving grace. But, and then obviously the same thing with like being wounded, you know, with an arrow, stuff like that. With that said though, I don't know if I, I don't know if I expect that. Like that would be a surprise. It it wouldn't be the presumption. My presumption is that that all that was very tailored to the presentation. Um, that's my, that, that's what my guess is. I feel like Ghost of Tsushima had a little bit less of that. I could see the gameplay elements Agreed. in it, um, a little bit more, but the last of us was a huge offender. I mean, the last of us, I'm watching it. I'm like, the game looks awesome. I'm very hyped, but how much am I swallowing is Kool-Aid based on this like pre, you know, pre-built demo, yes. you know, and how much of it is actual gameplay. So I, I'm totally with you on that. And that definitely merits a, a, a grade down, you know, because of the fact that we don't know what we're right. getting. With that said, though, it was nice enough that it was nice that at least we did get to see what the gameplay would look like in some yes. way. You know, like at least we get some idea. Now, really quickly, um, before we jump, before we kind of close up here, uh, you, I know you're not happy with Death Stranding. Yeah. At least you're you're not like that excited yeah, it's about not it. That it. And it seems like everyone else. Exactly. It's not necessarily that I'm not excited. I think the premise is great. I think um, the talent associated with the game is great. I love Guillermo del Toro. I know he's not um, the one. Uh, I mean, he's just acting in it, right? He's not personally. Um, no, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like developing I, 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 I forgot how it is. I, I don't know if it's like, uh, I, I don't know if it's like more of like a, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe since he's acting in it, they can use him as more of like a cordon, you know, like a counselor right. for like the the story. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure what his involvement is beyond him just being uh, a character in the game. Right. So, so I don't know. despite all that, though, this is just like Crackdown for Xbox. One of those games now for three years in a row yeah. has uh, some sort of vague trade, uh, you know, very extended trailer that doesn't give us much information. And, and I mean, it, it, it's world building and I get that. And, and sometimes that's good. But when you do all that and, and make this out to be some sort of monumental, um, just genre shifting game that's going to blow everyone's minds uh, away. And then you release the gameplay and the gameplay is essentially, at least from my perspective, while you had all this um, cool action from Ghost of Sushi, oh god, I'm r- ruining it again. Ghost of Sushi. Uh, go- <laughs> the, help, the helpful way is I just do. I just drop the, the tea. Team. Okay, like, it does not Ghost exist. Ghost of Tsushima and like, and Spider Man, yeah. right? That that are very dynamic and yeah. and very quick. So then you, you go from that to oh, okay, I'm just walking um, around and carrying a, like these. I don't know, I guess he's crates with me or whatever he was on his back and then putting ladders. So I'm just traversing an environment going around. Yes, the game looked pretty. The game looked very atmospheric. And then I, I run into some weird ghost creepy creatures that if I don't, uh, if I'm not stealthy enough, drag me down into the mud so and kill me. Well, I mean, I think I, I think, and here's where we're going to, this is, this is the conversation. I think this is definitely worth an episode alone. Um, because obviously I don't want to drag this, this one too long. Um, but I've, I've read up on the game. I've read up on the lore behind the game. And if you, 
if you read more up on it, it actually starts making a lot more sense. And then that's where like all of these questions that like, you know, like you're like, what are these things that are just hanging there? There's actually lore behind it. And, um, and I'm like, wow, like there's more to the game. And I think that the game itself is going to be, I think this is going to be a very linear game. Like it's going to be one of those games where like, you know, you're, you're playing the game and you're playing the story, you know, and and you're kind of like letting the story run, you know, like you just enjoy that. Um, with that said, I'm fascinated by the world that it creates. And I totally get you. This game has been, this this game is Sony's crackdown. Um, it's been done, you know, it's just been pounded to the ground for like years, you know, like, oh, this Stranding. And we didn't even know the name for like a good like year or so. So that's, this, this game is definitely one that I think that could have been done with like none of that and then just released, you know, like, like, like what Fallout 76 right. did. Um, but with that said, I, I'm, I'm still, unfortunately I've drank the Kool-Aid. I'm very hyped over it. Um, it's not my anticipated game, but it's, it's there, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's something that I'm excited for. It'll probably, it probably will not reach the hype though. I, I'm worried about that. And I don't, and I, and I, and I accept so that. Mondo, <laughs> like, what is your most anticipated game then? <sighs> okay. So if we we're going to, for the sake of it, we're going to skip Nintendo. I don't want to, Nintendo has a lot of good. We can come back to it next week. Yeah. uh, For Nintendo, just no super Mario, uh, not super Mario. um, Oh my God. I'm like, I'm like super Mario, super smash bros. I don't think about Mario party. Um, Super smash bros. Ultimate has like every freaking character. So excited for that. And then Pokemon, let's go excited for that. And Mario party excited for that. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the uh, in the next episode. I'll give a little intro to that, and then we'll talk about the next topic. Now, to close up, now the game of the show. Let's start, let's just let's just start from this down because I want I want I want to really mesh this out really quickly. Justin, what do you think? Which game do you think was the game of the conference? Like the, the entire E three? Like what 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 really stood out to you? I really tried to justify. Uh, a few games after the conversation we just had about the last of us and, and how unclear it was what we exactly what we were getting, but I couldn't, I mean, it just, it, it was so visceral. It was so brutal. Um, it was so seamless and we've played the first one, right? We when we played all the uncharted games. We know how naughty dog is. Even if a, some of that during the demo was um, just scripted and, and set up beforehand, you know that that game is going to be extremely dynamic and it's going to run like that. Um, so how could you, I mean, how could you pick anything else but that? So, uh, I mean, it's, it's last of us two for me. It was close between that and, um, Maybe Ghost of Tsushima, maybe Spider Man, um, but this is the one that was just really had me thinking about it after I yeah. watched it, and and I actually watched it a second time too. Yeah, for me, it's definitely Last of Us too. Not necessarily. I know the game was going to be um, a th- you know a thrill, a hit. Everyone's expecting it. Everyone's excited for it. We we wanted more. Um, I, I just I, I really actually what what defined the game of the show for me was how much preparation. Uh, went into it and how much Sony, you know, wanted to prepare the audience for it uh, to the degree that they made an, an entire stage because in, in the, in the trailer, uh, Ellie and her friend are in like some sort of barn warehouse. I'm not really sure, but it's something like that. Um, they actually recreated that. They built an entire 
barn looking, you know, church looking thing so that the audience could sit in it, watch trailer. And then they moved them to the actual stage where the PlayStation 4 conference was. Um, that type of, you know, you know, that type of commitment to the game, uh, to the perform, to the pre- to presentation of the game and the trailer and all that stuff added to the fact that it is the last of us too. It's one of the most hyped games of the, of the year and of the past two years, probably since last of us was, since that last of us two was announced. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely game of the show for, for me. Um, you asked me earlier, most, most anticipated game. This is not necessarily the game of the show for us. It's more of like a personal subjective. What game are we most excited for? Um, for me, it's ghost of Tsushima. It, for me, it made the Sony conference. Um, I, I was very hopeful. I had seen, I think it was like last E3 where they showed, you know, it was just a small glimpse of it and I was blown away. I was so excited for it. Um, I've, I've really wanted something like this. Um, and I think that this one takes the cake. I'm just super excited for it. It's a great choice and it's definitely g- going to be a purchase for me as well. But mine is Cyberpunk 2077. I'm Like you said, I'm actually playing through The Witcher right now. No, listeners, not for the first time. I just never got to beat it. Um, and I'm running at 4K now. It's pretty amazing. So, um, to think that this developer is going to use next gen hardware, well, not next gen, but uh, I guess it would be the same. It'd be current gen hardware, but to, is going to use the hardware to its absolutely uh, to its limits, right? And create a sci-fi game that's different in setting than your usual dystopian or uh, very um, grim um, post apocalyptic worlds that are that have been very popular recently so to do something different that has a little bit more style a little bit more flavor but still retain all those rpg elements um that's extremely exciting so i'm looking forward to it i know we have no idea when it's supposed to come out but i guarantee you that that's no. going to be one of those games that um just sign me out as a matter of fact uh, boss do you mind if i take a uh, six month hiatus from the podcast <laughs> Just, just, just for that, right? Yes, just, just, exactly. Yeah, just, just to fi- just to finish that up. I mean, honestly, CD Projekt Red. I think that they're they're killing it, and they're definitely. I mean, this game is just going to like I, if if it's anything like The Witcher, this game is going to do just fine. I, I have I have no worries, absolutely no worries. Um, the final category to close up episode fifty eight is titles that were not mentioned but should have got, or titles that were not mentioned or. They were, but did not get any attention or not enough attention. For me, it was one that was not mentioned. I was very hopeful Ubisoft would in some way uh, talk about any sort of Splinter Cell um, game. I think that Splinter Cell is a franchise that uh, Ubisoft has pretty much ignored um, for the past uh, modern console. And I think that now they teased us with a ghost, you know, a ghost recon, you know, like DLC or, you know, mission with uh, Sam Fisher. And that was just not fair. <laughs> Don't do that to the fan base of Splinter Cell. Um, I got really excited and ended up just being like you playing as a ghost, you know, a, a ghost uh, soldier alongside Sam Fisher. You're not playing Sam Fisher. Uh, Don't do that. That's not fair. We did not, no, did not that, deserve this. That was not cool at all. Yeah, we deserve our own Splinter Cell standalone game. I don't care if it's an origin story. I don't care if it's um, I, just give me Splinter Cell. Give me what the fan base wants. And I think that I was I was hopeful. I mean, a lot of people were hopeful that we were going to get a Splinter Cell uh, this E3. And unfortunately, we got none of that. So I'm pretty disappointed. But yeah, that was my 
uh, title that was not mentioned. Agreed. Agreed. Although that would have just made it one more game for us to have to deal with um, over the course of the next year. I know. <laughs> it been I know. So maybe it's not a terrible thing. But yeah, for me, it's, it's Halo Infinite. Um, it really felt just uh, to a s- smaller extent than Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order, that this was something that they created a trailer for and just dumped in the beginning of the conference to sort of appease fans who were expecting it. Um, I was disappointed, though. While, while I am glad that they are finally shifting away from the stupidity of the last couple of games where um, Master Chief is not the, the central focus of it, or, or at least the character that's similarly interesting, because eventually they do have to go away from it. Um, the fact that we have zero explanation on setting, uh, other than, I guess, the fact that it may be on a ring, um, or Halo, rather, or any other information about gameplay, or a release date, or anything at all, just, hey, check out this trailer, and we skip the number system, because the last one sucked. Yeah. Um, okay, a little disappointing. Hopefully next year, they come out full force with that and, and pull a gears like they did this year. This is, this is going to be Microsoft's uh, strongest hitter. This is, uh, you know, this is the Maguire of Microsoft. They need to come in. They need to have a home run with Halo. Um, Halo is, if I'm not, if I, if I, if I'm not, hopefully I'm not wrong about this, but I think Halo would maybe the saving grace of Xbox when it comes to having that original title, you know how God of War came back from Sony and it just not, you know, knocked everyone down. It was such a good game. Uh, this Halo could be that for for Microsoft. So I'm hopeful, hopeful. That that doesn't mean I'm right, though. <laughs> probably not. But I'm hopeful uh, too. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. It's this is episode 58. Again, please remember. Uh, to check out our website, it's www.hungjurynetwork.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podbean, Stitcher. Um, also, please make sure I leave comments. I really appreciate the feedback. The feedback is incredibly important. I know I was about to, um, I was going to announce a free giveaway today. Um, I'm still deciding on what game. I, it's probably going to be Destiny, um, only because uh, I'm getting back onto it, and I think that if anybody who's not played Destiny yet should play it. <coughs> talking to you, Justin. Um, I know it's gotten a lot of dirt lately. It's just, it's one of those games that if you can pick up for the cheap, I think on Humble Bundle you can get the um the expansion pack, which is like the entire past expand uh, expansions, the DLCs for like seventeen bucks, and the game is roughly between ten and ten and twenty bucks um often. So, uh, that that might be the game that I'm going to give away. Um, let me know whether this is a good choice in the comments. Uh, you can leave a comment on YouTube. You can leave a comment on Podbean. You can leave a comment on. Uh, you can tweet me at Twitter. Uh, or you can just leave me a an email if you don't want to use any of the public forums um, at hungjury at hungjurynetwork at gmail.com hungjurynetwork at gmail.com uh, thank you so much guys for listening uh, hopefully next episode we'll be talking more about the Fortnite fiasco with Sony I know that's a big thing and it's definitely something that's hot for me so I will definitely be focusing on that uh, next week so guys thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you guys next week Peace. Bye.